It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me slash growth. That's hbs.me slash growth. This isn't how we wanted it, but the season is over. So, now what? It's time. You want the best Celtics talk around? Here it is. This is the Rain and Jays podcast. Here's John and Jay. Well, this isn't the show we thought we'd be doing today. We thought we'd be doing a podcast today. We thought we'd be talking about Game 7, but we're not. We're talking about the Celtics season, which is now over. So, having digested it, Jay King, for a couple of days now, You look back at this season, you look back at a first-round loss to the Atlanta Hawks, the the obvious question is, do you consider this season a success? Yes. Yes. Without a doubt, yes. I mean, 48 wins in an improved Eastern Conference. This isn't last year's Eastern Conference where you could beat some teams just by showing up. I mean, you could still beat the Sixers just by showing up, but there weren't a lot of other teams you could beat just by showing up. So it, it's different to win 48 games this year than it was to win 48 last year. So you had eight wins. Isaiah Thomas develops into a legitimate all-star, borderline all-NBA candidate. Jay Crowder develops into a two-way threat, a guy who looks like, you know, signed for now the next four seasons after this one. He is one of the best bargains in the NBA. Avery Bradley takes another step forward. I mean, up and down the roster, guys got better, and the team got better. And, I mean, without some injuries, who knows? Maybe they beat the Hawks in the first round. But even losing to the Hawks, Hawks are a good team. And I think people got caught up in thinking the Celtics could could or should win a playoff series. And maybe that clouded the way some people thought about that, that series and, and the, I guess, the end result of the season. Celtics were banged up by the time they got to the playoffs. They played a really good team that had the best defense in the NBA after the All-Star break. We've harped on that a million times. And it was a really tough matchup for them. And it doesn't overshadow all the other good things that happened. And Marcus Smart, by the way. Marcus Smart, my brother <laughs> texted me yesterday. He said he, he's like one of the biggest Marcus Smart haters in the world. And obviously he, he likes his smarts energy and all that but he's like that guy just has no skill he texted me yesterday he said for the first time i'm starting to think marcus smart could be a star and it was because i mean he has stretches where he's the best player on both sides of the court and sometimes extended stretches and now he just needs to learn to put them together but this this is another step forward and then the celtics have Another another success of the season. The Brooklyn Nets, baby. Thank you, Brooklyn Nets, for being terrible. Danny Andrew would like to buy you a few rounds of golf for all of your front office members, or former front office members now. So it was a huge success, I would say. And obviously, they still need to make moves. They still need to get better. They still need to improve the offense quite a bit. But that that was 
that was a really good season. Well, you just said about everything we need to say. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the show. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree with basically everything that you've said. This, this has always been playing with house money this year. And it's hard to remember that this is a rebuilding year for the Celtics. This is still part of the rebuild that this, this was never going to be the finished product. And somewhere around the all-star, uh, the, the, yeah, the, the all-star break, people started saying, man, I really want to see how this team does. We had Mike Gorman on, and he, he wanted to see, let's give this team a shot. Let's not shake this thing up. Let's, let's see what they can do. And which is fine. That's fine. I don't care about that. But I think we all got caught up in the momentum of this team kind of overachieving. And they did overachieve a bit. No one thought that these guys would be this good. And so this is this is nice. This this is thank you, Brooklyn, like you said, for, for doing the tanking for us because now the Celtics went into the first round and however it went, it went. And it doesn't matter that you have the first round loss. A year ago, people were pissed off about the first round sweep because it didn't get us anything. And you just sit there and say, well, we should have tanked because what, what good did this do this? Now our draft pick sucks. Well, now our draft pick doesn't suck. Our draft pick's going to be great and we could just sit back and enjoy. And there wasn't a single person out there that said anything about tanking and missing the playoffs or we should do that everyone was just kind of enjoying things so by and large this season was a success do you think that the the loss to cleveland didn't get them anything the loss to cleveland i i, I mean Last i i was not pro tanking i i think any sort of playoff experience you can get like that is good like i think that helped i like i look back at that i I remember Crowder going at LeBron James. I don't know if Jay Crowder has as good a season as he does this year if he didn't have that experience going against LeBron James in the first round. I don't know if Isaiah Thomas would be as good a playmaker as he was this year if he didn't have that Cavaliers defense focused in on him as much as it was in last year's first round. So I think back to to that series as helpful, especially for those two guys who I thought really, really improved this year from uh, obviously there were big parts last year too, but I, you look back at that series, that's beneficial. And this series against the Hawks will be beneficial. Yeah, I, and I think one thing, one thing the series against the Hawks did show Celtics front court needs to get better. And like, wh- no offense to Jonas Jarebko, who's a valuable player and who can do a lot of things. He's versatile. When, when you're resorting to starting Jonas Jarebko in a playoff series because you're desperate for, for offense and defensive switching, you're in trouble. And I, I thought Millsap and Horford were so, so much better than the Celtics big men oh, yeah. in this series. And, and they didn't even have great series. But, the, I mean, it's just so startling how much better they were uh, at, at both ends of the court with, with their versatility, all the things they do. And so Celtics front court needs to get a lot better. I think the back court, especially when Bradley's healthy, is legit. Crowder, solid, solid two-way wing. But you've got to get – and Solinger, obviously it was a tough matchup for him. We've talked about that. He's the type of guy where he can have tough matchups. And I don't know if he'll be back, but, but they, they've got to get someone who, who's less matchup dependent. Yeah, no, that's, that's absolutely true. Uh, so let's let's use this opportunity now since we've talked about it 
to do what's called a segue into the things that we've learned. What lessons have we learned after this season and after this playoff series especially? I think that what you said is is, is true. It, there's a general upgrade of talent that's necessary. And so if uh, it's a trade, if you go for a Jimmy Butler or the Paul George scenario that I mentioned a couple of shows ago that I loved. Although the Pacers are maybe winning a first-round series. If they, so. yeah, I think my scenario is dependent on them losing in this first round. They need to lose this first round, and then we can we can look at maybe poaching <laughs> a superstar. And then Danny has to win a huge bet against Larry yeah, Bird. Yeah, there's, there's going to be a few things that you know, <laughs> maybe maybe some magic spells, something, maybe a kidnapping or whatever. Whatever Danny Ainge needs to do. You got you to gotta do what Look, you got to do. I'm not telling Danny Ainge how to do his job. That's all I'm saying. I'm just saying that we need – for the step one is the Pacers losing to the Raptors, and then we'll see how everything shakes out from there. But whether it's a trade or whether it's free agency, the Celtics definitely need a general upgrade in talent. So, yes, Isaiah Thomas, I think obviously you want to keep him here and build around him or build with him. I don't like saying build around because he's – this is a team that you build, you put, you add pieces to. There's no central piece yet. Jay Crowder, definitely, I, I love him. He's, I just, I just love the way he plays. I love what he does. But you need, if you're going to have Crowder on the wing, you're definitely going to need a, a big that can score a little bit more to take the pressure off. Because if Isaiah's off, then one of these other guys that we get is going to have to score. So, and shooting, 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 shooting. Guys that can actually shoot the ball with some regularity, and no, 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 make make shots. Not just shoot the ball because plenty of guys on the top will shoot. I, I suppose that, ball. that it needs clarification. <laughs> guys, yes, guys, guys who make shots. A guy, yes, guys that can actually hit shots, not just take them, which the Celtics do quite well. Make them, which the Celtics do not do very well. And man, was that on yeah. display yeah. in games five and six? Yeah, <laughs> that awkward silence says it all. The shudder and the <laughs> silence. So you just like it's almost like we just pause and bowed our heads to remember the crap that was the shooting in games five and six. It just everything. Everybody was off, and not to get too specific to everybody, but Isaiah Thomas did talk about his wrist. That was a problem for him, and. Is there any sense? Like, is he going to need some sort of surgery to to fix that thing? How bad is it? He said. He said not that he knows. So he's had surgery on it the last, each of the last two summers, and it sounds like kind of a thing that he goes in and out with. Where some days it hurts, some days he's fine, and sometimes he falls on it and it gets aggravated. It's not a huge issue. It's just something that bothers him from time to time. And I don't know if that will bother him forever. I don't know if it was just something he dealt with this season. Uh, he did say he probably will not need surgery, or he doesn't think he'll need surgery. No, that's good. That's good news. So, well, bottom line is I think one of the priorities for Danny Ainge is to fill that bench and fill out this roster with guys who can make shots and, and take some of the pressure off, even if you don't get that superstar, even if that doesn't materialize, which we need to brace people for. 
that may not materialize this summer. Next summer might be the summer where the superstar comes in. But I, I think a lot of the the star stuff could depend on the lottery. It could. Uh, you know, if you get if you get a one or two pick, all of a sudden opportunities open up. Then you know Jimmy Butler, who the Chicago Bulls should want to keep because he's awesome. Then guys like that, teams look. You know, we could get Brandon Ingram or Ben Simmons with this pick. So now you start to talk, and so I think that's huge. Hopefully, Isaiah Thomas will be lucky when he represents the Celtics at the lottery, which is cool. I think it's really cool that they're sending Isaiah and that he wants to do it. He's like Mr. Celtic. <laughs> just put like a little leprechaun hat on him or something? Like, he probably doesn't want to yeah, do that. He, he shows a little sensitive about his height when you do that. But anyway, uh, no, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, he shows up at Summer League. He shows up. He, he wants to go to the lottery. He has become. He writes players' tribune articles about how much he loves Boston. That guy is Mr. Celtics. Well, look, point. Isaiah has been overlooked for his entire life, and he's finally in a place where he's featured, and they tell him, "Do your thing," and it's working. So I think he's just really, really appreciative of that opportunity. You sit there and you finally get that chance. You're like, "All right, these people believe in me." And it works, and you get to be like I told you so to everybody in your life. Then, yeah, like this is he's gonna get that Boston tattooed across his chest sometime. You know, like he he's he's true. <laughs> he, he is here. Like he he I, if he got traded, I wouldn't want to see his face. He, like he would be crying. I bet you if he got traded away from the Celtics. Like this is his home. I, I feel like he's if he could be a Celtic for life, I think he'd be the happiest guy in the world. Like that, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he loves the Celtics. Although, if he got traded, he might go the other way, where he just got like furious and dedicated his entire life to proving Danny Ainge and Brad Stevens wrong for deciding to move if on. If he got him. traded, I wouldn't so. want to play his team. If he got traded to, let's say, Chicago as part of a Jimmy Butler deal, let's just pretend, which that wouldn't be it, but. Let's just say the next Bulls Celtics game, he would try to drop 50, like no doubt about it. And he would be staring at that bench <laughs> and talking and yapping at Brad Stevens. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. So I, I'd be very happy to have Isaiah Thomas on my side. Like he's he's scary when he's pissed off. I mean, he's not like Kevin Durant, but it doesn't matter. He's when he's pissed off and he wants to go crazy like that yeah it's a little scary so uh well let's let's get to some of these twitter these twitter questions are flying in because people now that the season's over they want like they, this is this is the thing that people have been craving even during the season when things have been going well during the stretch run during playoff series people are asking about the offseason now they finally get to legitimately ask about the offseason and the questions are just pouring pouring in so let's let's start with a comment because this this kind of wraps up our quick kind of look back comes from Aaron who says six playoff games is better than four fifth seed is better than eighth they were much improved I'll miss these guys they were my guys and I think a lot of Celtics fans feel that way they really identified with this team like this team was a bunch of hard workers and you think about what Boston 
you look back to the 80s Celtics and why they were so popular because they were the blue collar team they were the hard workers and it was the opposite of Hollywood well here we are again there's not a single prima donna on this team uh you got a little bit of a weirdo in Evan Turner but everybody's like (laughs) but but a good good weirdo weirdo. a good weirdo a funny weirdo and everybody's out there busting their asses and this is a a team that's tailor-made for Celtics fans to love and you've got like the lovable you know never no one believed in him superstar and you've got the grind hardworking Jay Crowder just angry go do your job type of guy and you got just a bunch of guys that together the 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 greater than the sum of their parts they're so it's perfect for Boston so I think a lot of fans feel that way now moving on uh Adam at Brew Daddy would you rather trade top tier assets for Jimmy Butler or sign Harrison Barnes for big money and hope he develops into a star Jimmy Butler, 100, 100% of the time, Jimmy Butler, Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. The Celtics have enough assets. They have enough everything except stars. They need stars. Go get Jimmy Butler. Forget Harrison Barnes, who's a pretty good player. He's young, whatever. No, no. Give me Jimmy Butler. Celtics don't need another decent player. They need stars. They need Jimmy Butler or somebody else like him. Okay. that that works uh alex do you think marcus smart can develop as a point guard if the celtics re-sign evan turner now we're getting into some of our re-signing things the celtics have the opportunity that evan turner is the only true unrestricted free agent he's currently just uh, you might as well say he's he's not a celtic at the moment you know he, he can be potentially whatever he wants so let's let's first answer the question. Evan Turner, his role with the Celtics. Yes, he's versatile. Yes, he can hit those mid-range shots. He can he can be a stabilizing force on the bench. However, he does handle the ball and Marcus Smart plays off the ball and I'm not so sure that Marcus Smart is the guy you want playing off the ball. And you we're we're at a point where you're going to have to make a decision, I think. Do you continue to develop Marcus Smart as your backup point guard? Or do you do something else? And I, and some of this depends on trades. Marcus Smart could easily be gone in a trade. You, we just talked about Jimmy Butler. A Jimmy Butler trade would require some players. And one of those players could be uh, Smart. It could be Bradley. I don't know. And actually, Jay, not you, Jay, Mr. Triple Double, just sent in a question. Uh, what do you think the cost is for Jimmy Butler? Crowder, Smart, and the Brooklyn pick was the rumor, I think. And Josh, uh, what package would you be willing to offer the Bulls do you think they potentially would accept in a trade for Jimmy Butler? So, I guess two-pronged question. I mean, I'm, I'm pulling a lot of things in here. Marcus Smart, if he stays with the team and if he's not traded to, for Jimmy Butler, let's assume in part one that he's here and there's no big trade, do you re-sign Evan Turner and use him in the role that he's in now, or do you just not re-sign Evan Turner and, and go a different direction with that backcourt the, off the bench? 
Look, I, I think Evan Turner did a lot of good things over the last two seasons. I, I think he was very, very valuable because he could play three positions. He could sometimes play four. He could guard just about anyone on the perimeter. He handled the ball for a team that needed it. He made plays for a team that needed it. I think it would be a disappointment for the Celtics if they re-sign Evan Turner. I think the priority right now is getting an upgrade in talent, getting more shooting, getting, getting, you know, improving that offense. And they are going to need shooters. I, I think if they end up re-signing Evan Turner, it, it has been a disappointing offseason for them. No, no offense whatsoever to Evan Turner. But all the other perimeter guys in the rotation are coming back. You've got Avery Bradley, Isaiah Thomas, Marcus Smart, Jay Crowder. Everybody in their rotation is back. Terry Rozier looks like he might deserve minutes. RJ Hunter, who knows? So you've got the perimeter is already stocked. They're going to be looking for stars on the perimeter. They're going to be looking for guys like Jimmy Butler and Evan Turner. If you know he's going to get a, he's going to get paid. So I, I would be really surprised if Evan Turner's back under any circumstances. As far as Marcus Smart's development, I think he already has developed as a point guard, and he did that with Evan Turner around. So, yeah, maybe you'd want him to get more game reps in a pick-and-roll situation. I think the most important thing about Marcus Smart is his versatility. He can go to the post. He can guard Paul Millsap sometimes. He can guard just about anyone. And, you know, when he becomes a better spot-up shooter – as he continues to improve his, his pick-and-roll game, his versatility will just improve. And Brad Stevens loves guys who can play multiple positions. It's really important to be able to play multiple positions. And so I'm not worried about Smart getting more reps at point guard. I, I think he'll develop into what the team needs him to become no matter what type of role he's in because he's, he's that type of guy where he's, he's really versatile like that. Yeah, I, I think now – Let's let's just move on to the next part of that question, because I, I think you're right. I, I don't want it's, Evan Turner his, his nice wild ride here in Boston, um, and part part of me says that you know I can see I can see the circumstance where where he'd be welcomed back. Yeah, I, I mean there's there's definitely a chance, but I, if they do, you know it, the summer didn't go well because even if I mean if that pick becomes one or two. And even if they don't trade it, they're going to bring in another wing, whether it's yeah. Ingram or Simmons. Although I guess Simmons, you could, you could, he's probably more in the NBA, uh, best case scenario. But you know, it's going to be another guy who can handle the ball and, and needs the ball. So I, I would be surprised if Evan Turner comes back. And I think he he definitely understands that the Celtics are looking to do other things before they make a decision it on him. It sounded like he understood that, too, when he was doing his, his final interviews, that he he kind of gets it, that he's – and he's open to whatever, and he's going to get some money. Somebody's going to pay the guy. Uh, but, yeah, so now the, the Jimmy Butler thing, what do you think it would take to get Jimmy Butler? What Now, you – said the one and the two pick like one or two and i think we're in business what are you willing to give up for butler are you willing to give up crowder and smart and the pick danny Ainge's entire family <laughs> brad stevens son no uh 
Uh, the proposed package in Jay's tweet with Smart and Crowder and the Brooklyn pick, that's too much for me because Crowder, you know, he, he's shown the propensity for improvement. Marcus Smart's only going to get better. And those are two important pieces. And plus the pick, which is going to be top six no matter what, almost uh, 100% that it will be top five and has a 50% chance of being top three. So – Almost fifty percent chance. So, yeah, that that that's too much for me. And uh, if that was the case, I understand why the Celtics didn't want to do that. Also, it's not, we we talk about Jimmy Butler because it's fun to talk about, and obviously things didn't go particularly well in Chicago this season. I'm not sure the Bulls are going to give that guy up. He is under a very good team friendly contract. He is one of the best two way wings in the sport and wings are very valuable right now because almost no one has them so unless chicago wants to go in a different direction and kind of blow things up and see what happens with the rebuild which is completely possible because noah gasol rose those guys are all donezo i think so it's possible they want to do that and as i said things things will change if the brooklyn pick becomes one or two but they would want a lot for a Jimmy Butler trade, and I don't know if I'd be willing to, to give up that much, even though I, I, was just, I was just saying two seconds ago, the Celtics need stars. They have enough <laughs> assets, yada, yada, yada. A lot to give up. I, I would give up Avery Bradley um, in that. If it, if it was Bradley, Smart, and Brooklyn pick, as long as Brooklyn pick's not one or two, or maybe three. I don't know what that dragon bender dude is like. <laughs> People seem to love him. I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, no. People, the Scots I've talked to rave about yeah, that guy. Yeah, but, you know, who was it, who but you was it that said this? Uh, I, I wish I could remember. Scots used to uh, rave about um, Darko Milicic, too. So, But they also raved about Poirier and that was right. right. So, I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying that there's... There's there are wild swings and, and people seem to love Bender and whatever I don't know I can't I can't offer an opinion on that, but I yeah. I would offer either it has to be either Smart or Bradley it can't be both for for Butler like I I would I'd give up Bradley reluctantly. But look, you, you but you're getting Jimmy Butler back, okay? So let's I got like I gotta I gotta let some of that go. Like I gotta John John would trade a McDonald's cheeseburger for a steak, but he would do it reluctantly. But look, come on, you sit you 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 get attached to these guys. This is why I'd be I'd be a horrible GM. I'd be a horrible GM because I can't look at this in terms of just statistics and numbers and, and and all that stuff. You get attached, you know what Avery Bradley has been nothing but the consummate professional for Bob. like he doesn't he doesn't complain he's out there he's busting his ass every night he's he plays on both sides of the floor like it's just you know you get attached Con- consummate professionals get you a first round exit job <laughs> <laughs> no I, I mean i i say that half jokingly right. i think Avery Bradley's a really obviously player. but look and, and he's going to be first team all defense but look 
uh, we're talking about getting Jimmy Butler. So, but personally, I don't want to give up both Smart and Bradley. I'd like to have one of those guys to come off the bench because Butler obviously would be the starter, and one of those other guys would come off the bench. And I don't want to give up Jay Crowder, and obviously I don't want to give up <laughs> Isaiah Thomas. So, pick from anybody else, I suppose. <laughs> I want to keep everyone on the team and still get <laughs> I don't know. If we, Bradley, I guess. Jay Crowder, I feel like, is going to be in this mix. Which sucks, but it, he's going to end up being in this mix. I guess when you sign Kevin Durant, we won't miss Jay Crowder as much. I'd, I'd, be, I'd be surprised if they dealt Jay Crowder. Yeah. I would, too. I would, too. I think he's just so perfect for what Brad Stevens wants to do. And and maybe maybe they explore a trade and the trade just isn't as palatable. Or maybe Danny Ainge gets convincing and if it's the number one pick, if it's the number one pick, that carries a lot more weight than than, you know, if it's the third pick and, and Bradley versus the number one pick and Bradley because now you've got a potential transcendent star coming. But Well well that's what that's why I said one or two, because we've talked about this before. Like like when when Minnesota had Kevin Love, they weren't going to trade. There was no way they were going to trade Kevin Love to Cleveland until Cleveland lucked into the number one pick. And then it was basically straight up Kevin Love for Andrew Wiggins. Now, that was a different scenario because Kevin Love was in the final year of his contract and Kevin Love wanted out. Jimmy Butler has a lot of years left on his deal, and that's why you'd have to sweeten the, the trade, I think, by adding other players on top of the pick if it was one or two but one or two because it's Simmons and Ingram and they're both kind of seem neck and neck right now that either either one of those would would really open up a lot of opportunities for the Celtics now you got rumors that the Marcus Cousins might be on the block again who, who knows if he's worth the risk he sounds like a real knucklehead <laughs> but look but that's another name that that's that could be out there Celtics you know, this this is gonna be a this is gonna be an interesting. Yes, summer. it is. The, the cousins, oh god, that guy is it's so weird because the talent is there. He's he's top five scoring and rebounding or close to it. Uh, he is a really really talented guy, young guy, huge. I mean, just a, the the typical. You want a a center that does everything. And does it exceptionally well? That's the guy, but but he is potentially being traded because his moodiness is pissing off his teammates. Like that's the report now. Now, is that what you want in this locker room? Is that worth it? Do you or I, I don't know. And and I mean, it's worse than moodiness. <laughs> that's you don't how trade it's... an all NBA center because he's moody. You trade an all NBA center. Because he's an all-time asshole. <laughs> yes, that is true. That is true. Yeah. Uh, and so I don't know if I want an all-time asshole on this team. Although I'm also the guy that was advocating for keeping Rondo. So what do I know? But <laughs> I think I... <laughs> when he's your when he's your all-time asshole. It's yes. Different. Yes. So no, uh, I don't. I don't really think Rondo was an all-time asshole. No, I don't think. I th- I think. I think Cousins is different. Cousins runs up and down the floor with a scowl. Not even a scowl on his face. It's like he's smelling a fart. Like that's his that's the perma face on as he's running cuz he's always pissed off about a call. And so I I think 
there's the potential that Brad Stevens can reach him like Malone reached him, and that's that's the Sacramento's biggest mistake was firing Malone because he's the only guy that could reach Cousins, and ever since then, like Cousins is just a moody prick. They screwed up by letting Isaiah Thomas go. As right, well. right. I mean, that's they've they basically screwed up everything. They continue ever to done, screw up. But... They are a grease fire. They are just a total mess, and they continue to be, and they will be for a long time. So I look forward to that. And who knows? Maybe, maybe Danny Ainge can get get cousins for you know nothing. Maybe they maybe they're that stupid. I don't know, but. <laughs> Just accept them in the cap. Yeah, face. whatever. Like just give, give them like a, a, a protected second. Yeah, yeah. One of those deals. Who knows? There. Maybe they maybe they're stupid <laughs> enough to make a stupid deal. I don't know. That there's that team. I can't even project how dumb they are. Uh, but, so we're talking about all these trades. And Jeff asked this question. Jeff Simpson, is it worth trading for a superstar if it means giving up three of the four core players? So we're we obviously we joke around a little bit. And I want to keep everybody, but not, you know, but also get things in return. Whatever. We know we have to give things up, and we're going to have to give up core players. Is that worth it? This this worked for Brad Stevens, and now he's going to have to redo the whole thing. And there's no guarantee that any of bringing in any, any of these guys is going to result in the similar chemistry. Yeah. Uh... I don't think you give up three of the four. Key. So who are we counting as key players right now? Uh, Thomas, Smart, Thomas, Jay Crowder, Crowder, Avery Bradley. Smart and Bradley. Yeah. Okay. Uh, first of all, you don't necessarily have to give up. I mean, three of those guys, it would have to be one hell of a superstar to give up three of those guys. To even consider giving up three of those guys. I, I mean, they have cash space. Obviously, Durant is the prize. If if you can get Durant somehow, anyhow, he's a free agent. I mean, first you gotta you're gonna have to do something else, whether it's go out and get Butler, or I mean, even thinking about these things sounds crazy to me. I start to go talk about Durant to think that about. I mean, it seems like such a long shot to me that that Kevin Durant might come to the Celtics. But then you think about it. They're the, they're the Eastern Conference team, the most obvious Eastern Conference team. They're a 48-win team with almost every key contributor coming back with the exception of Turner and, you know, maybe Jared Sullinger. And who knows? Who knows? But you're going to have to do something. Long story short, I, I wouldn't give up three of those guys. There, there are some scenarios where you'd give up two of them, uh, but – the, the the thing about trying to get a star is trying to match them with some of the guys you have and some of the good guys you have. So, and I don't think you get a star unless it's a trade. I don't think you you don't get Durant unless you have a, a team ready made for a championship. You know, right. you're you're not going to trade three three core players for somebody, and then Durant's like, oh, you know, I'll go with that guy and like this barren roster. So I don't know. I. I <laughs> Maybe he does, <laughs> but who we, knows? Who what knows? if what if we go a different direction here and give Chicago all of our first round picks? Just have them all, even if, even if you have number one and all all three of the picks: the Dallas pick, the Celtics pick, <laughs> and he played. 
all the Brooklyn picks on. Not, well, I mean, you can – I don't know if we want to go future picks, but I'll, I'll give them all three picks this year. So here you go, three three first-round picks, or maybe it's – See, I, I think I think, I think they'd be a lot more amenable to that, the Celtics. The, the Celtics because... would, yeah. They don't need those picks. The Celtics, you take yeah. them. How many picks do you want? Yeah, sure, we got plenty of picks. Take them. Take, take, all, take all our second-round picks, too. Take them all. Got... Own this whole draft. We got plenty of picks. We got plenty of young guys. We need stars. Yeah. So yeah, I, I I think I think they're more likely to want to give up picks and picks and more picks than they are to to give up their the guys on their current yeah. roster. So you, I I think they would they would rather add even one of the the future Brooklyn pick 2018, which could also be an awesome pick. Uh, I, I think they're far more likely to add that than they are to want to add, say, Smart or like like their own pick in the future and an 18 pick, and like two two or three of the picks this year. Yeah, you know, than they are to add Smart, and they 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 are in a position where they can sweeten the pot considerably because of all those damn draft picks. Yeah, so you say Bradley uh, and Amir Johnson for and and. All of the picks. I don't care. However many picks it takes. <laughs> Amir Johnson well, in a lifetime supply of right. draft picks. I mean, Amir Johnson because you have to match the salaries. So you And the good thing, and this is the brilliance of, of Danny Ainge in the signing, Amir Johnson, this is a non-guaranteed. It's not a team option. Although you, you, don't, you don't have to match the salaries because they have, they have cap space oh, to take right, them that's into. Oh, that's right. That's right. So you don't have to. So, you don't have to. Yeah. Um, and Butler, Butler, yeah. So there's no – this is going to be such a weird summer because all of the rules that you think you had in place, just nothing applies. This is going to be such a wild, freewheeling summer. So anyway, I don't want to get bogged down in that kind of stuff because we're, we're – I don't want to go too far off the rails with this. Um, and, and the, but Josh asks, uh, so Wick talks about having two max slots. What free agents are currently available besides Durant that you would give a max contract to? Uh, a max contract. I guess Al Horford would require a max contract. Yeah, that, I mean that one could look reasonably bad toward the far end of it. Right now, he's. I mean, he's worthy of a max contract. He's a very good player. As I said, he's one of those versatile guys who can play against anyone. He he can play against big guys. He can play against small guys. He's really helpful, and he's helpful on both ends of the court. So Horford would be really helpful. I I wouldn't love signing him to a max free agency deal, but I would understand if if the Celtics or somebody else does it. Yeah, you know, you sign, you trade for Butler, you sign Horford, then you bring in Kevin Durant. There you go, done. Yeah, You've upgraded I mean... everything. You've upgraded across the board. <laughs> and then if they lose in the first round again, problems. you know. Then you then you might have to reexamine. Things Let's a bit. go back to Twitter for a realistic question. What uh, this is from uh, Kim Moran? Hey, these things could be realistic. Like, we laugh at them; they're long shots. Who? It's plausible. Knows? These are plausible Anything things. These are plausible. Probable? I don't know, but plausible. It could happen. It could happen. Just like you know, a meteor could fall from the sky and rip right through my office right here and end this show. But as long as that meteor can play, the Celtics will sign that puppy <laughs> up. Can he shoot? 
Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can he put the damn ball through the rim? That's it. Kim Moran asks, what do we do with our restricted free agents, Zeller and Sullinger? Uh, well, I, I think the, I think the Celtics probably – well, I don't know. Do they, do they extend the qualifying offer to Zeller? I think they, they, I think they give Sully a qualifying offer. Yeah. Zeller? I think they give them both a qualifying yeah. offer. I think both of them – I mean, obviously it depends on a lot of things. Solinger, do you trust him? I mean, he was a valuable player for most of the year. Obviously, we've talked about the matchups in the Hawks Hawk series and how he, he's too match dependent right now. Do you trust him? It all comes down to do you trust him. He's a good player. He rebounds. He's he's a helpful guy. But do you trust him to stay in shape? Do you trust him to be healthy? Do you trust him to be earning that contract three, four years into it because it's not going to be a one- or two-year deal? So... I I think I think Cylinder, I don't think he'll be back. And then that's gonna be a big hole for them. That that really will because he the last three years he, he's been a really big part of, of, of their team and he's been a helpful part. So that that will actually be a hole. I don't think it'll kill them. Uh, you know, they they've got other big guys, Kelly Olenek, Amir Johnson, if they keep Amir Johnson and they can add other pieces, but so Cylinder will be a loss if they do let him go. Zeller, I, I think you trust more that he'll put in the work and, and be available, but he's just not as good. And I, I, I think they'd be more likely to keep Zeller, but, but that's just a guess. And that's just because he'll have a lower price tag. And that, that, that I, I don't have any, I don't, I don't have any expectation that either of those guys will be back. Yeah, I, I think they just kind of give them both the qualifying offering to see. They just kind of let, yeah, let, let it hang let the out market there. Dictate. And, and go. If, if you remember, like, Big Baby, after, after his rookie deal expired, he wanted to leave because he thought he was ready for a bigger role, and then he hit the, the restricted free agent market, and then he was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Nobody wants me like I thought they well, did. And he kind of came back with a tail in between his legs and ended up signing a, a small, smaller deal with the Celtics. So who knows? I, I don't think anything like that will happen because I think teams understand that Zeller's a lot better than he played this season. And I think teams understand that Cylinder's really good and that he is a good young player and he'll get a big price tag. And there, there aren't, as we've said before, this is not a quality free agent class. Those are those are two pretty good big guys that will probably get pretty paid. Although in Zeller's case, uh, I'm sure this season had had a did not have a, a positive impact on the price tag. He yeah, would get. now I think we need to clarify a little bit about the big baby situation because it was kind of put out there. First of all, the rules were a little bit different because back when he was a restricted free agent. The Celtics had a week to decide if they wanted to match. And now it's three days, I believe. Yeah, you can kind of hold it over the other yeah. team's head. And the thing about when you make a guy an offer, and so let's pretend that some team, let's pretend the Orlando Magic make 
uh, Jared Sullinger an offer, and we'll say it's three years at $10 million per, just to use round numbers. That $10 million hangs on their cap until the Celtics make a decision. They can't turn around and sign somebody else. If that holds up their cap space, and I know everybody's got cap space, but look, you're trying to wheel and deal. And so if, if you're afraid that a team is going to screw with you, then that hold stays on your cap until they make the decision. So Danny Ainge can take the full three days, and Orlando has to sit and wait for Ainge to make a decision. And then, and then from there they go on. Back when Davis was the free agent, you had a week, and teams had that inclination that Danny Ainge was going to match a Glenn Davis deal, and they didn't want to sit there and offer him money that would tie up their cap for a week while Danny Ainge screwed with them, knowing that he was just going to match anyway. So I think that had a huge impact. Like Danny Ainge plays free, restricted free agency very well. He'll, he'll give you the, the qualifying offer and let you go out and do your thing, but chances are that he's, he's kind of playing a little bit of a game too. So Glenn Davis, I, I felt bad for him that year because I knew, <laughs> I knew that Ainge was just sitting there like – Put the 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 word was out. Celtics are probably going to match a Glenn Davis offer unless it's crazy. But no one's going to make Glenn Davis a crazy offer. Not back then. You had the same questions that you had with Sullinger. Is he going to stay in shape? Is he going to get into shape? What's he going to be? And he was also really crazy. Like he's just a crazy dude. So no one wanted to make him an outrageous offer to pull him away from the Celtics because you have to overpay a restricted free agent like that to get them away from a team that's willing to match. No one was going to do that. And no one wanted their cap space tied up for a week. Back then, you needed that money. There's no crazy thing like this year. So he got screwed. He got screwed by the process. If he was an unrestricted free agent, he would have been gone that year with more money. So, But this year, I think Ainge lets them go out, test the market, see what the price is, and then if it's something that's palatable, then, yeah, you could use at least one of those guys off the bench, depending on what you do with free agency or the draft or whatever, a trade. Yeah, I'd like to see an upgrade in talent. I'd like to see Sullinger coming off the bench. I think that's probably a better role for him, but he can still be pretty productive. And if it's not Sullinger, then Zeller, I'm happy with Zeller coming off the bench. I think he can do well. But we just talked earlier about the matchup guys. They did neither of those guys matched up well with the Hawks. And as we progress towards more mobile bigs, these guys aren't necessarily great at guarding the big mobile types of guys. So how much you're gonna I think I see them both as bench players long term, and I don't know how much you're gonna pay a bench player. And again, with this summer and all of the money that's out there, salaries are out of whack. I don't know we I don't even know what a bench player is supposed to make in the next NBA season. Like is $12 million for a guy who sits on the bench. Like now that sounds ridiculous, but moving forward under a 92, $93 million cap or a soon to be hundred million dollar cap. That sounds, I guess like that's what you pay a bench guy. I think it's hard to say. It's a good time to be an NBA Holy player. Holy crap. It's a great time to be a NBA marginal creative. NBA player. Like you could be a marginal NBA guy and get, millions and millions of dollars get paid like a superstar was paid just a few years ago. Yeah. 
And meanwhile, there's Isaiah Thomas with his backwards going contract that gets smaller every year and and will be six million something next season if if it's I'm six point five. So he paid he was paid yeah. six point nine million this year. Next year it'll be just about six point six, and then it goes down to just about six point three. What a wild deal, Isaiah Thomas! Holy crap! No wonder he's talking about getting himself into shape and playing till he's 40 because by the time he's up for another deal, he's going to be 30 years old. He's going to be a small guy. Got to feed his family, man. <laughs> Got to feed his family like, like Latrell Sprewell. <laughs> Success is just failure that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> I, I got to give credit to Latrell for doing those commercials. I will say that. Um, okay, so – uh, let, let me go through. I think we got more Twitter questions, but we're coming up on an hour here. So, although he's he's probably just doing the commercials, he's got to feed, gotta his, feed family. his family. Though. That's why he stole that girl's French fry at the end of the commercials. Like, I got to feed myself too. Um, yeah. Justin says, uh, uh, "Okay, Doc left the Celtics. I love this. Uh, Doc left the Celtics as they continued to rebuild, as they had to rebuild, and they're re- rebuilding very efficiently with many options. Doc is a." Is Doc almost about to go through the exact thing he left the Celtics for, the thing he fears, a rebuild, and how ironic would that be? And by the way, uh, thanks to us, he thanks us for a great season of Rain and Jays. Cheers. Cheers to Justin in Australia. Thank you for listening. Uh, I love I love the fact that we're all over the world. I say that every time I talk to these guys, but I love it. Anyway, Doc, the Clippers, eliminated I mean, look, you, you lost Blake, you lost Chris Paul, but it's just another season. And here we are, the current Celtics coach, the former Celtics coach, both eliminated in the first round, both in due, due in part to injuries, and they're in the same place. And one seems to be on the upswing, and one seems to be on the downswing, and uh, it's not us that's on the downswing. So I, is there a little bit of basketball gods comeuppance coming uh, Doc's way here? He keeps talking about the basketball gods. They probably didn't like the way he left Boston. He he does love the basketball gods. I I, I will say he, he is a big basketball gods guy. Um, yeah, it's it, it it is ironic that now the Celtics are surging and next year could be the year they they overtake the Clippers entirely, and it's just going to be year four of of his time in LA. I, that, those Clippers that that is a situation to watch this summer because Doc's not going to want to go through a rebuild, and Doc makes the decisions over there. But Doc also understands that team, as presently made up, has very little chance at the title, and that chance could be getting smaller by the year. So does he put Blake Griffin on the market? Another guy that Celtics could chase? Does he... What does he do? That that is that will be a fascinating situation to watch because he is not going to want to go through a full rebuild, but he does want to retool and somehow give that team the the nudge it needs to to be a, a real contender in the Western Conference. And he, he talks a lot about luck. That team has had some bad luck the past couple of years uh, when it comes to to playoffs, and, and that's part of it. But they weren't going to win the title this year, regardless. They might have knocked off the Warriors if they'd stayed healthy, but they're not getting through the gauntlet of the West, the Spurs, the Thunder, whoever else. They just weren't going to do it. So, yeah, they got some bad luck. They're not good enough anyway. He is going to have to make some changes. 
And I still think, yeah, this next year is the year the Celtics pass the Clippers, and the basketball gods will be smiling as Doc Rivers weeps next season. Yeah, I, I, I never held a grudge against Doc Rivers for leaving. It it gave us. I would have left too. Yeah. <laughs> Look, <laughs> you know, like he's, really. he's free to. Like, what, what do you think about? He, he's free to go. Like that's he. he and Danny Ainge had a conversation. Yes, he was under contract. Yeah, but look, it's if, if you want to leave your job, then you work something out. You leave your job. That's fine. So, whatever. That's cool. Um, and it gave us Brad Stevens, and I think Brad Stevens is better. And it, it's, yeah, Celtics got a better coach, and they got R.J. Hunter. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And speaking of R.J. Hunter, how about this? Last Twitter question from Max Green. What are you expecting out of this year's rookies in the offseason and James Young? <laughs> uh, I expect R.J. Hunter to live in the weight room. Just wherever, just go into, just stay in Waltham, live and work out at the facility, and just hit the weights, eat a ton of protein, and come back jacked next summer, next, next season. Uh, I think, and I, I honestly, I just, I, I want like Rozier, like Rozier has got a lot of skill. He's got a lot of skill and he just needs to just work on those things. Just he, he all around game Mickey, I think has to get a little bit stronger himself and, and start developing that outside shot a little bit more and, you know, working on his footwork and stuff. And then James young, I don't know, man, I'm starting to think that. James Young is – this is it. This is it for him. He's got Summer League. Like, if he can't dominate Summer League, then that's it. He's done. Yeah, I mean, I would suspect – at this point, uh, if you're a Celtics fan, you can't expect much or anything out of James Young. He's gone through two seasons. I mean, this year, Celtics in the playoffs played R.J. Hunter. They played Terry Rozier. They did not give James Young a sniff, even though they needed shooting, even though size on the wing would have been preferable. They 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 still didn't trust James Young, even a bit, to give him any playoff minutes. So, I mean, if you get anything out of James Young at this point, next year, the year after, whatever, and you're the Celtics, that's a plus, I think. He he has not shown the type of development I suspect that, that they No, have. I would say <laughs> to, to to put to put it to put it very nicely. Uh, <laughs> Jordan Mickey I think is is a wild card here because obviously Zeller and Sullinger are restricted free agents. Amir Johnson, you you got a team option on him. The only big guy that was in the rotation that's signed for sure for next year is Kelly Olenek. And so does Mickey, is he, is he good enough to play minutes? I don't know. I mean, he looked okay during like the, the spot minutes he got. He was great in the D league. Like all big guys should be because D league big men are, are barely capable of tying their damn shoes. Um, but, but I don't know. And he's, he's a real wild card in this. Whether they think he can be in the rotation what type of role they think he deserves. Uh, I think that's a wild card, and obviously a lot will depend on what else goes on in the roster. But 
but his his NBA readiness is, I think, sort of an X factor for them just because of the uncertainty that that does exist in that front court. Yeah, you're right. He's definitely going to be an interesting guy to watch. This summer league is going to be really interesting this year because so many guys. <laughs> Damn good. That, that, I mean, you basically get the main red claws playing in the summer league. You, I mean, that's going to be I mean, really. Plus, they'll have they'll have three first round picks. They have what is it? Eight second round picks. <laughs> or five. five they're going to have picks, inactives. Right? Five round picks. They're going to have inactives on the summer league team. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be crazy. And I don't know if they'll obviously they'll try to package picks and stuff like that. If, if they somehow keep all their picks. They're gonna have like like guys sitting out games. They'll, they'll have to rest guys. It'll be it'll be a, a packed packed summer league roster. It's just just loaded. Could yeah. be fun. Could be fun out there in Vegas. Yeah, that's gonna be. Oh my god. Yeah, they're gonna be. It's gonna be interesting. I want to see how these guys have developed. And and look, it's July is not that far off. So we're not asking for. It's, we're not gonna find like magic between now and July, but between July and the beginning of the season, there's going to be some extended opportunity there for those guys to work, work out, get stronger, get tougher, improve their games. It's going to be real interesting to see how they improve their, like RJ Hunter's shooting. He's, he's supposed to be a shooter, but he didn't shoot particularly well uh, this year. Well, (laughs) Say he didn't shoot particularly well. He shot thirty-seven percent. Yeah, that was, we're, we're gonna say he didn't shoot well. <laughs> so let's leave it at that. He didn't shoot well. Uh, very, very nice. Yeah, say that. I said that, and I'm like, wait a minute. Glance down at the statistics. Yeah, that wasn't a good season at all. But it's a rookie season, so whatever. That's that's fine. Uh, Rozier has shown the ability to shoot, but again, he didn't. And he's a and he's a freak athlete, but he's got to put it all together. He's got to start becoming like a basketball player. Like whether he, whether he's going to be a point guard, or, yeah, he's got to become a basketball player. He did say he wants to average five or six rebounds next year, which was an outrageous claim because no point guard does that. And also, how many minutes does he think he's going to get? Terry, you're going to have to get a lot better to get that many minutes to get five or six rebounds a game, bro. Uh, hey, good for so, him. Yeah. Terry Rozier, optimistic. Low-key, the quote of the day at the exit interviews was when R.J. Hunter said of his playoff minutes, I, I looked at one of the guys, I-, I think it was Mickey, and I said, man, how easy is summer league going to be? After- <laughs> <laughs> like, the- the- these are the guys the Celtics are playing minutes in the playoffs guys that that are worried about summer league in a couple that's months hilarious so that that was that was low-key the, the quote of the exit interviews because it showed a how inexperienced he was going into it b <laughs> how beat up they were and how desperate they were for for shooting and and backcourt depth by by the end of their run and and c the fact that the Celtics are going to be dominant in Vegas this year. They're going to be winning Summer League games by 40. Get your Summer League tickets yeah. now, folks. All <laughs> right. So let's let's wrap it up here. Final thoughts as we put the 
2015-2016 season to bed. Jay King, your final thoughts on this season? It, it was a good one. It was a productive one. Brad Stevens, still a very smart guy. Isaiah Thomas, now an all-star. Jay Crowder, very, very good. They, they just have a lot of pieces. And now, now we get the fun part, the summer, the offseason, the time when this team could go from, from solid, improving, to a real threat. So Danny Ainge has his hands full this summer. Danny Ainge has so many possibilities this summer. Danny Ainge needs to find someone and maybe someones to come in and help this team get to the next level. Very well said, sir. Even the word that you just made up. Uh, my... <laughs> so, sometimes you got to get creative it, out here, You're man. like a rapper. You're just the... spinning the language to make it work for you. The Celtics podcast gods can make up <laughs> vocabulary as they go. Uh, I would like to say of this season that it was a tremendous bit of fun for for us to watch. Uh, and, God, so many things happened. The David Lee stuff happened. That was all crazy. My My love for Evan Turner sprung from hate for Evan Turner. And I guess appreciation, I think, is more like more like it. I've grown to appreciate. I think love. I think you just said love, John. <laughs> it was a fun season. <laughs> Take it back. It's now. out there. It's in the. It's out there in the cosmos. Uh, I I just think that this has been a really fun season, and I'm so happy that we got to enjoy it without the worries of the draft because of the Brooklyn Nets handling that for us that took away an element that would have could have really been annoying but we got to enjoy a really really good season a couple of tough breaks a couple of missed opportunities but that happens everywhere and I think ultimately even though it didn't end the way we wanted to ultimately I think it was a, a, a very stirring success and I'm very happy to have been a part of it and happy to have been a part of it you guys who listen uh, I, I just to to be part of your experience every season that you include us for an hour or however long we decide to just yammer on about the Celtics. Thank you for including us in your Celtics experience. Uh, very much appreciative of that. Uh, and if I'd also appreciate it if you went on to iTunes, if you are on, on iTunes and you rated us five stars, that would be very five stars. We're five, we're five, five stars. stars for the Rain and Jays. Yeah. podcast just like five stars for the lovability that, that was a that was a lovable yes. team. a lot of good guys a lot of hard-working guys a lot of improving guys it really it really was an entertaining fun team and th- this team it'll it'll be this team will be missed i think more than most 48 win first round exit teams because because they really did, did work hard and play together and do all those cliche type things that coaches want their teams yep, to it do. It was a five star team, and this is a five star podcast. If you rate us five stars, so we'll be back. I think we're, no, I think we're better than the, the Celtics. I, I, well, it only goes up to five stars. We're we're, we're, we're a forty nine win. Team. We're okay. So we would we would have won yeah. game we would have won game six and forced the game seven. We would have been the three seed, and yeah. then we probably would have smacked the Hornets in round gotcha. one. Gotcha. 
Yeah, I, I, that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, we'll be back with another show. I don't know when. We'll figure it out. Although Al Jefferson would have given you a buck. <laughs> oh, God. I'm just trying to wrap up the show here, man. Let's just yeah. let's just smile and let the let the the theme music kind of take us out. Just say goodnight. Goodbye. We'll see you next time. Adios. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17 Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.